listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I'm dealing with that today. Um, Five valuable lessons that Chick-fil-A taught me. And, uh, hey, John, oh, it's just Maddie by herself. Well, I love you, Maddie. Um, Five valuable lessons that Chick-fil-A taught me. That's what I'm going to be dealing with today. I mean, who doesn't love Chick-fil-A, in all honesty? There's Don Johnson. Love you, buddy. Uh, Who doesn't love Chick-fil-A, in all honesty? But I will say this, and this is going to sound like heresy to some people, but I found out, maybe late, maybe I'm late to the game, but I found out about Raising Cane's chicken. And Raising Cane's blew my mind. And I don't mean, I'm t- this is, I'm not, I don't joke around when it comes to fast food. It blew my mind. Raising Cane's with the orange cane sauce. It's next level. I had it for the first time in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I was blown away, absolutely blown away. But we're not talking about Canes, we're talking about Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A, I'm going to show you five things that every Christian should take away uh, from Chick-fil-A's culture, Chick-fil-A's operating procedure. Um, it's actually pretty mind-blowing when you see this. You'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about, and you'll you'll... The reason I use Chick-fil-A, you'll readily understand why I'm saying what I'm saying today and how you can take it away uh, as a Christian and put these into practice immediately. There's a reason. There's a reason Chick-fil-A is so successful. There's a reason they're so successful. Did you know that they are um, now outselling McDonald's store for store? Obviously not total because there's many, many more McDonald's than there are Chick-fil-A locations, but store for store, they are outselling McDonald's consistently. Um, and they're only open for six days a week and none of their locations are 24 hours, but I'm going to show you, uh, five things, valuable lessons for your life, uh, that makes them so successful. Hey, Jen Puma. And, uh, it's going to help you. So take a minute, share it today. Uh, share the broadcast and, um, and we're going to get into it in just a moment tomorrow. Let me say Carolyn is going to be back with us, uh, at 2 PM. She's got her broadcast tomorrow and also on Friday. So you don't want to miss that. She's going to be live at two o'clock Eastern time Wednesday, which is tomorrow. And then Friday, um, same time. So don't miss that. And uh, it's going to be great. I wanted to say we also got new new, uh, Miracle Word Kids content coming out tomorrow, but we'll talk more about it tomorrow when it comes out. Um, Caitlin LaValle's in the house. Love you. So let's let's jump into the. I don't want to take all morning to to get into it. I want to just I want to start breaking it down. But before we do start breaking it down, I want to say today's a very special day. And uh, I want to say a big happy birthday to my mom, Bonnie Shuttlesworth. It is her birthday today. She's 39 years old. I will be the same age as my mother in a few months, uh, or actually next month. Uh, She is 
uh, beautiful and vibrant, anointed, godly, and wonderful. I love my mom. And uh, she was my teacher for my whole life. She taught me. I was homeschooled, if you can't tell. I was homeschooled for my whole life. She did a phenomenal job um, with my, my sister and myself. She, she traveled everywhere with my father. She kept our family together by homeschooling us so that we didn't have to go to school and stay home while my father was traveling as an evangelist. And so we, um, we got to all travel together, which was a massive blessing. And now I get to do that with my family. And my wife is homeschooling. And my mom did such a wonderful job. And she, think about this. My mom did this before there was internet, before there was Google, before there was uh, online academies, before um, any of that. Uh, she did that by herself and um, did a, an amazing job. She's very, very smart, very anointed. I love my mom. So if you appreciate my father and mother and you'd like to just do something little to bless my mom on her birthday, I've never done this, but I'll put it up. There's my mom's cash app. If you would like to bless my mother, Bonnie Shuttlesworth, on her birthday, which is today, this is the actual birthday, um, then there's her cash app, which I'll leave up on the screen for a little bit. And um, if you'd like to send her just a little birthday a gift or maybe, you know, whatever, whatever you feel to do, there's her cash app if you want to bless her. And let me tell you, there's... No better ground, in my opinion, than my mother and my father. They've done such an amazing job. Full-time ministry for over 40 years. I guess closing in now in 45 years. This must be the 45th year uh, because my dad started in 1976. So this would be, what, the 45th year. And uh, so there's my mom's cash app. If you'd like to bless her, bless her. She's uh, a wonderful, anointed, beautiful woman. And there she is in the comments. Mom Shuttlesworth, Bonnie Shuttlesworth. Those of you that are on Facebook will be able to see my mom. You can wish her happy birthday in the comments as well. Uh, those on YouTube, she can't see your comments, but I can. And uh, love my mom. And uh, today's her actual birthday. Love you, mom. Happy birthday to you. And those of you that are uh, logging on, the reason I put the cash app up, if you'd like to bless her, if she's been a blessing to you, or if I've been a blessing to you, she produced me with my father. I, I could get into the biology of how that works, but I won't today. I'm just trusting that you understand that I wouldn't be here today without my mother and without my father. So wish her a happy birthday, send her a gift, tell her you love her. Um, let's jump into this today and you can leave it up Tiff, for a little bit in case people are just writing it down or catching it. But we're going to jump into five valuable lessons that uh, Chick-fil-A taught me that I learned from Chick-fil-A. And uh, I want to give you these from the script. Of course, I'm going to give you scriptures for all of these. Um, but it's, it's mind-blowing because when I started looking at um, the success that, that Chick-fil-A has and continues to have and continues to increase, by the way, it's pretty mind-blowing to me because when you look, they're doing all of, they're doing certain things that you would think you don't do that. Like, don't do that. If you want to be successful, don't do that. Uh, if you, if you want to make money and if you want to continue to grow your company, don't do that. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. You look at a few things they're doing like closing down for an entire, uh, day of the week on a weekend when people are off work, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest with you <laughs> and you can, you can throw a hand up in the comments if you feel the same way. 
If you're listening on the podcast, just nod your head yes. But uh, doesn't it seem like the day you can't get Chick-fil-A Sunday is the day that you want it the most? Throw a hand up if you've ever felt that way. The day you can't get Chick-fil-A is the day that you want it the most. It's mind-blowing to me. It's like you're, and then you forget, like, oh man, it's closed. It's like, it's the day you crave it. And so uh, that's one of the things that they would be, people would be like, why would you close your store? Why would you close your store on a weekend when everybody's off work, when everybody's just out doing their thing, coming back from church, uh, especially as a Christian organization? Um, But they're closed for an entire day. So they're only operating six days a week, only operating six days a week. The other thing, Lena said every Sunday, that's me. I know. The other thing that blows my mind is that, and I've traveled all over the country, been to many, many Chick-fil-A's. I've not found one Chick-fil-A that's 24 hours. Not one. I've never seen one. Whereas pretty much every other fast food chain have 24 hour locations. Now I know not every one of them is 24 hours, but how many Taco Bells do you know that are 24 hours? How many McDonald's have you seen that are 24 hours? Um, And there are others, but it's amazing to me that even though there are many McDonald's that are 24 hours, there are many Taco Bells that are 24 hours, Chick-fil-A is outselling these other locations store for store. And they're only open six days and they're never open 24 hours. It's amazing to me. How is that possible? For those of you that are in the comments, you say, I've never got to, uh, got to have Chick-fil-A. I've never experienced it. Um, hopefully you get to it. I mean, it really is good. I mean, it's not like, a, we're, it's not just like a bunch of hype. I mean, it really is good. And um, it, 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 it's, when you stop to think about that, it really, that should blow your mind that they don't even have the same operating hours. We did a a study yesterday where uh, we were dealing with um, wasting your time. And we talked about the fact that many people um, spend eight hours, you know, eight hours would be a third of your day. You got eight hours to sleep, eight hours to work, and then eight, eight hours to do whatever you want. We, we calculated yesterday that if you waste those eight hours, you've wasted a third of your year. It was like 111 days or something like that, uh, 120 days um, that you've wasted of your year. Now think about this. If Chick-fil-A refuses to be 24 hours, they're missing out on a third of the year in business that other companies are profiting in those hours. But they're still outselling. They're, they're, what would that be? 52 less days open. So they're only open for like 311 days or whatever it would be, 314 days. And they're still outselling. So what's going on? Why are they uh, as successful as they are? And what uh, exactly, Frank? Frank said, especially when you think about how busy Sunday would be at Chick-fil-A. You talk about people leaving church that place would be wrapped around three times, which many of them are when I go by in the week, wrapped around uh, the building multiple times. And it's true. So uh, what's the story? What is the deal with all of the success? Why is it that they're doing so well? Well, I wanna deal with um, five 
things you can take away, valuable lessons that you can learn from Chick-fil-A's operating procedures, who they are and what they do. So I want you to put them in the comments as usual. You can write the scriptures down. Uh, the first that I want to uh, put in the comments is number one, consistency, or you could put faithfulness, consistency or faithfulness. Put that in the comments. That's number one, consistency, faithfulness. You know, this is huge because um, one of the things that truly has blown my mind traveling around and going to these different places, I've been to so many different Chick-fil-A's, so many different ones. Those that are in the comments, you can attest to this as well. Maybe your story is the exact same as mine. I've been to so many different ones and I have never, never had a bad meal. And I've, and listen, we take our family there when we're traveling, kids like it, Carolyn likes it. We go there a lot. I have never anywhere in the country I've been to one ever had a bad meal. I've never had it come out and be horrible ever. It's so consistent. It's so consistent. The locations are so faithful to their quality. It, it, it's just, it's otherworldly. I'll tell you, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I, I stopped going to, to McDonald's and stuff. And I was going to deal with that too, Laura, but, um, you never know what you're going to get at these other places. Do you know, I was, Zach and I had visited a Taco Bell before I'd gotten back into keto strong. Uh, we had visited a Taco Bell wherever, somewhere where we were. And, um, we came through the Taco Bell drive-thru again, another place that's hit or miss. Uh, I went through the Taco Bell drive-thru with Zach and the place was so efficient. The Taco Bell was that it blew my mind. Like we came through, uh, not only did they quickly take, take the order, quickly provide what, what they could get out the window immediately. They were freshly making some other things. So they said, please pull around. We'll run it out to you. Um, and then we had the manager of the store run out the door and, uh, and, and, and stop us and say, Hey, listen, just wanted to let you know your food's almost done. And then I'll run it out to you. She didn't have to do that. I mean, that was an extra step of just customer service, quality care that she didn't have to do that. I thought, man, I had to actually congratulate this lady that was managing this Taco Bell location because she was doing such a phenomenal job. And, uh, and, and you don't get that. It's so hit or miss with these other places. You know, you got people that are angry at the world, angry at their job, angry at their boss, hate the fact they're working at McDonald's, Taco Bell, Burger King, whatever, all of those, all those different things. I never have had that happen to me at a Chick-fil-A consistency and faithfulness are the key. Ozzy Samanga said, clickbait got me here. I'm glad you're here because it's exactly what we're talking about. But I've never had these things happen um, ever at any other location. It's only been Chick-fil-A that's been this consistent and this faithful at every place, every location, every location. And Laura brought up another great point, which I would have to say, I mean, I'm thinking back. She said, they always get your order right. Well, you know, that's just another, uh, just another aspect of uh, consistency and faithfulness to their, to their operating procedures. And I have to agree. I can't remember uh, a time. I mean, maybe there was, 
but I can't remember a time where my order was all wrong or anything like that. I, I just can't remember it. And so this right here, just the hassle of having to deal with uh, people that are, um, you know, not, not either faithful or consistent, not happy. They're just inept. Not having to do that at Chick-fil-A is, is half the joy of going there. Or like people are, are going to, they're going to get it right. They're going to work hard. They're going to do it. I saw, I heard somebody say something funny. They said, uh, um, <laughs> they said, you know, you look at those Chick-fil-A lines that wrap around the building. They move people through there with such consistency. Uh, it's like uh, an efficiency. They said, if we, if we gave the national debt over to Chick-fil-A, they'd probably have us debt free in about three years. And I, I don't doubt it. They're, they're so efficient and they work and they hustle and they get you through and it's right. And they're, you know, so it's the consistency for me. That's a biblical principle. That's a biblical principle, faithfulness, consistency. Uh, listen to Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 13. Listen to this. Luke 16, verses 10 through 13. If you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, then why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters. And of course, that's where we get, uh, you'll either, you'll, you're, you'll love one and hate the other. Uh, you'll serve one and not serve the other. So, um, it's, it's amazing. So you've got this faithfulness, you know, one of the things that they do to stay faithful to this kind of quality, I was reading a report on Chick-fil-A and I checked on it again this morning. Um, it's not like other franchises that you can buy, uh, because if you own a franchise, according to all the reports I've read, you're only allowed to own and operate one franchise. You can only own and operate one franchise. Well, why is that? In order to engender quality. You're not just popping all these Chick-fil-A's up all over town and then letting the management uh, suffer because you've got too many irons in the fire. They only allow you to own and operate one franchise so you can focus on the quality of that franchise. You're faithful to that one franchise. You're going to make sure it's the very best that it can be. And part of the reason they're so consistent and that they're so faithful is because they've got this, uh, they've got this faithfulness mindset to the quality and their vision, their, their vision statement, their goals. And so it's, it's, it's clearly visible. I mean, I know those of you are watching that have been there. Ozzy said, we need a Chick-fil-A in South Africa. I totally agree. Can you imagine if we had a Chick-fil-A in South Africa that would serve slop chips with the chicken, chicken sandwiches, it would be next level. It would be next level. I, I think that would be like the greatest. If they did the slop chips with the, with the waffle fry chips, it'd be next level. It would, it would be, it would blow up in South Africa. No question about it. Um, and Laura's making a great point. Um, she has a friend, her and AJ have a friend that owns a Chick-fil-A and they're very particular about their owners and they have to meet certain criteria uh, with their own life. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that because they're shooting for a certain level of consistency, quality and faithfulness to that quality. It's something that we could definitely learn. 
That kind of faithfulness, God honors that kind of faithfulness. Talking about in the Christian life. If you're faithful over little, what is it that, that brings promotion to uh, a Christian? It's God's watching your faithfulness. God's watching your faithfulness, your consistency. One of the things that I tell people often is that God doesn't just check on you to see how you're doing uh, when you've got victory, or excuse me, when you're, when you're being attacked, you know, see if you respond properly to every attack of the devil. He's also looking at you to see how you respond when you're in the midst of blessing, when everything's going right, when everything's, you know, you got nothing that's, I mean, it's just pure joy, pure praise, pure victory. God's checking in on you then too, because he wants to see, are they going to respond the same way when I've blessed them as when the devil tries to attack them? Are they still going to be thankful? Are they still going to be faithful to attending my house? Are they still going to be faithful to read my word? Are they still going to be faithful to pray? Are they still going to be faithful to witness? Are they going to still take the principles of scripture and employ them? Because what happens to many people is that when they finally get to their place of breakthrough, they forget about the one that got them there, which is the Lord. And so God's checking on you to see how you will respond in times of blessing. Because what he's looking for, faithfulness, consistency, faithfulness, consistency. That's what he's looking for. People that will continue to do the right things, not because they got motivated one day and then lost their motivation. There'll be many times where you don't feel like it. I'm sure the people that go to work at Chick-fil-A, they're, they're not superhuman. Uh, I'm sure there's many times they get there and don't feel like coming to work and don't feel like managing and don't feel like frying the chicken and whatever else. They don't feel like it. There's people there that have bad days, but you know what they do? They push through it and they, they live by their principle rather than by their feelings. That takes faithfulness and consistency to live by principle rather than by your feelings. And this is a lesson that's very valuable that every Christian should learn consistency and faithfulness in the things that God's word teaches will bring you promotion. No question about it. It'll bring you promotion from the Lord. I want to move on to the next one. Okay. The second thing that's a very valuable lesson to, uh, that I've learned from Chick-fil-A is that they have a pretty intense training program. And so in, in essence, you know what it is? They're discipling these workers into their training program. They, they take them through. It's intense. They're, they're literally uh, pouring the culture of Chick-fil-A into these people. You know, one of the, one of the crazy things is that, uh, you know, some people don't make it through that, tra that training. But they, they train you thoroughly. It's not just like an afternoon learning how to run the fryers. They train you thoroughly and they get that Chick-fil-A culture into your life. Um, Hannah, Hannah said, as a former employee, the amount of things I use in my Christian walk that I learned there is crazy, she said. It's crazy, all caps. It must be really crazy. So Hannah knows what I'm talking about. The training that you go through to be a Chick-fil-A employee is next level, which is why they produce next level employees. 
It's why you don't get the, the, the same type of people like you get at McDonald's and the same type of people like you get at Taco Bell sometimes and Burger King and, and all that. Why? They're producing next level employees, but how are they doing it? With the intense training. All that is, is discipleship. It's just discipleship. They're discipling you into somebody who carries the Chick-fil-A culture with you wherever you go. See, there's a difference just between uh, being hired by Chick-fil-A and being trained by Chick-fil-A. Two different things. It's the same, the same uh, thing in the kingdom of God. There's a difference between praying the prayer of salvation and making a decision and then being discipled. There's a big, big difference between making a decision and being discipled. Huge difference there. There are plenty of people that make a decision, but then they don't take on. And I guess for number two, you could put in discipleship, discipleship, uh, slash impartation, because you realize this, there's a big difference between somebody who just makes a decision at, at an altar, prays a prayer of salvation, but then never gets plugged in, never uh, learns any of the teaching never receives impartation from a spiritual leader, uh, does not learn the doctrines of the church, does not put into practice the disciplines of the Christian life. Huge difference between saying a prayer at an altar and being discipled. That's why that we are not commanded to make converts throughout the world. We're commanded to make disciples throughout the world. And that's the key. Disciples are different than converts because disciples, catch this, Disciples take on the disciplines of the kingdom. Disciples take on the disciplines of the kingdom. That's what they're doing at Chick-fil-A. When they train you, when they disciple you, when they impart to you, you are taking on the disciplines of the Chick-fil-A kingdom, if you will. What they've established, which makes them so successful. And so... It's the efficiency. It's, the, it's all of the things that make those employees what they are. All of the things. And so the discipleship and the, the impartation is next level. That's why in the kingdom of God, you can't just pray a prayer and then expect to, you know, the rest of your life to be on cruise control. It doesn't work that way. You've got to have proper discipleship. That's why any church worth their salt is going to have a system in place to disciple new converts at the church. If a church doesn't have that in place, they are wasting their time. Just, uh, you know, and some churches don't even give altar calls anymore. So you're not really having people getting saved. They don't even give people an opportunity to be saved. And so what happens? you got people coming in that don't change. But then what happens when you got people that come in and let's say they do get saved? but you've got nothing in place. You say, well, just keep on coming back to the services. There's more than keeping on coming back to the services. There is, you've got to understand the doctrines of the church. You've got to be discipled into why we believe what we believe. That's what makes a strong Christian. You know, uh, if you go back and read the book of Acts, because I'm sure there's some naysayer listening or watching like, oh, where, where, where was the discipleship programs in the early church? The discipleship programs in the early church were in place. If you go to the book of Acts and read it, you know what the Bible says? And they continued in the apostles doctrine daily. 
and they continued in the apostles doctrine. Let me quickly tell you the difference between preaching now and preaching back in the early church. The apostles preached doctrine. That's what they preached. They preached doctrine. Go back and read what they were writing to the churches. They were teaching and preaching doctrine. They weren't just preaching on like whatever they, uh, you know, felt like talking about what's a revelation. Peter's never preached. Paul wasn't walking around thinking that. How can I impress the, the preachers at the preachers conference? How can I impress these Christians with a brand new revelation? They weren't thinking that they preached doctrine. The church grew strong because of the apostles doctrine. That's why. That's why they were also solid in their foundation that they were willing to die for what they believed. They'd been discipled in the, the apostles doctrine. They knew what they believed about the resurrection and the gospel. They knew what they believed about healing. They knew what they believed about the coming of the Lord. They knew what they believed about the Holy spirit. They knew these things. They were established in the apostles doctrine. Acts tells us they continued what, what the shift you've seen happen over the last 20 years to 30 years is that you've seen churches shift away from preaching doctrine and preaching on surface level, emotional things, things that, uh, might be, they might even be good things. Some of them, but they're, they don't have any doctrine. And, and the way, you know, it's true. The average Christian in America doesn't know why they believe what they believe. They don't know why they believe what they believe, which is one of the reasons we launched Miracle Word University to teach Pentecostal charismatic believers why we believe what we believe. And I'm not ashamed to talk about it because that's the reason it, it, it's around. We have Miracle Word University. It's, it's, you can find it at miraclewordu.com. We teach the doctrines of scripture from a Pentecostal and charismatic perspective because we've got to be discipled and continue in the apostles doctrine. Hey, Tim, I'm on all, all platforms. You can find me on, you know, Spotify, Apple music, iTunes, Google play. I'm everywhere. Just search my name. So, uh, you need sound doctrine in order to establish discipleship, strong believers, you know, with the way churches are today and they're just kind of preaching series, nothing wrong with series, nothing wrong with that, uh, teaching different things. But every Sunday service is not going to be a doctrinal lesson. And you know, raise your hand in the comments. If you can remember back when we had Sunday school, I don't mean children's church. I mean, adults went to Sunday school before worship service started. Raise your hand in the comments. If you remember when adults went to Sunday school before the church service started many, many, many churches, almost all churches had that. They had Sunday school, which that's when adults went to a class probably for about an hour to 45 minutes to an hour before the worship service started. What did you learn in Sunday school? That is when you learned the doctrines of the church as an adult. That's when they taught you why we believe what we believe as adults. Well, with this new seeker sensitive church movement, we got away from that. We shut down Sunday school. We don't do Sunday school anymore in many churches because it's not cool, quote unquote. But let me tell you what's really not cool. 
when somebody backslides because they get just disenfranchised because they don't know why they believe what they believe, they come up on one simple question that throws their faith into a tailspin because they can't seem to answer this question in their mind. And then they say, well, my faith is weakening and I'm losing my faith. Like happened with the lead singer of Hawk Nelson, the Christian band, famously and recently. And I looked at the questions he had and I thought to myself, good Lord, these are easy questions to answer. And his pastor will answer to the Lord for not being able to answer those questions. And then left the faith. I'm not a Christian anymore because my faith is, I I don't understand. And we, and we think these things aren't important. Sunday school was to teach you the apostles doctrine. That's the whole purpose. That's where you learn, you memorize scripture, you learn the doctrines of scripture. You know why we believe what we believe. And that's what, that's what it does. Yeah. And so you you need to understand that. That's what Chick-fil-A does well with their employees that make them strong disciples of Chick-fil-A is that they train them. You've got to have training. Can I, can I read you a scripture about, about that from, and then we'll move on because I want to, I want to get through these, but I want to show you what Paul said to Timothy. Listen to second Timothy, um, chapter three, second Timothy. Really, AJ, jars of clay also, and all sons and daughters. Jeez, where are these people going to church and who's speaking into their lives is what I'd like to know. It's my, it's mind blowing. All right, look at this. Uh, second Timothy three, 16 and 17. Listen, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Second Timothy three, 16 and 17. So training in righteousness apparently is needed. Being equipped for every good work is needed. How do we get it? Through all scripture that's breathed out by God. Somebody should be training you in the doctrines of scripture so that you're equipped for every good work and you've got training in righteousness. And that is what discipleship does. And that is exactly what uh, every Chick-fil-A is doing with their employees. Why aren't churches doing it with their disciples? It's what brings efficiency. It's what brings, uh, it, it literally imprints upon your heart, the culture of the kingdom exactly what it does. And so let's move on to number three. That's the second thing that you learn. Number one is consistency or faithfulness. Number two, discipleship impartation. Number three, and let me tell you, this is a big one for me, a big one. Uh, I've never been to a Chick-fil-A where they didn't operate in pure kindness kindness. So what's the third lesson? Love and meekness, love and meekness. That's the third lesson you learn. Listen to this. According to a 2016 QSR report compared to 15 other fast food chains, 15 Chick-fil-A was voted the most polite, most likely to say please and thank you. And of course they're 
their famous one, my pleasure. Out of all, I mean, 15, who's even worth talking about after you've listed 15 fast food chains? And they were voted uh, most, most polite of all. Well, that's, that's part of the training, but look how it manifests in love, meekness, kindness, the fruit of the spirit are in operation. (laughs) It's crazy. The fruit of the spirit are in operation. What causes people to treat others with disrespect? One of the things is pride. Pride. That's awesome. Jenna said, now they always say God bless. I wonder if that's, um, I wonder if that's just in Texas or if that's everywhere. Interesting. Yeah, AJ's talking about these, these, these different famous Christian bands. They don't know what they believe. They're quote unquote deconstructing their faith and then leaving the church because nobody's taught them properly. They don't have uh, proper understanding, proper discipleship, proper teaching. They're out there, you know, trying to do quote unquote ministry. They're not even equipped themselves to live the Christian life. But number three is interesting because this, um, this principle of walking in love, meekness, kindness. Look at this. Mike Frost said the other day they were out of peach shakes and the lady said it's so nice. I couldn't even be upset. Bought two strawberry instead of one peach. <laughs> it's, it's this kindness. It's this love and kindness that you experience. It's unlike anything else. I mean, try to show me. We laugh at the thought of having that kind of like a kindness and, and meekness at a McDonald's or at a Taco Bell or at a Burger King or, you know, wherever you might go. We laugh at the thought of that because some of you are like me. <laughs> AJ said, if two Chick-fil-A employees get married, if you take this woman to be your, they say, say I do, it would be my pleasure. <laughs> That's funny. But, but think about this. We laugh at the thought of these other places acting like that or saying that because every one of you watching, I'm sure, has multiple times, if not many times, gone through these drive-thrus or been into these locations and been just treated like crap, you know, treated disrespectfully, uh, you know, angry they have to serve you, whatever, angry at their job. And then it comes off how they treat you when it's like, it's ridiculous. But that's why we laugh because we imagine the level of kindness and meekness that you get at a Chick-fil-A and we laugh thinking about getting that at a McDonald's or or a Taco Bell. And yeah, Kelly Barardi said Chick-fil-A is the only fast food restaurant she's seen where people camp out overnight when a new one opens. Never seen that for McDonald's or Burger King. I've never even seen it for a Chick-fil-A, but that's amazing. I've only ever seen it at like the Apple store for like a new iPhone, but that's amazing. Think about camping out for a chicken sandwich. It's, it's, it's crazy. And so, um, kindness, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, the Bible says in James four, six, God opposes the proud, but he gives more grace or favor to the humble. It's the key. This humility, this kindness, this love, walking in love. That's a takeaway. That's a valuable lesson. What do you think? See, because it's not, it's not a two-way street. I guarantee you, and I've been in places when this did happen. There's people that come into Chick-fil-A classless. They've got no class. 
got an attitude, whatever it might be. They don't treat the Chick-fil-A employees properly. But notice, even though they don't, the Chick-fil-A employees still treat them with total respect and whatever. And kindness and meekness. I've watched it happen. I've watched classless people come in and give the employees a hard time and the employees never break stride. They're, they're still kind. They're still meek. Still my pleasure. Still please. Still thank you. It's, it's amazing. It, it truly is something to be applauded. And that is the takeaway for Christians because people aren't going to treat you in a Christian way all the time, but you've got to be the person that stands by principle and says, I walk in love no matter what other people are doing. I walk in love no matter what other people are saying. I'll stand in this place where I emulate the personality traits of Jesus, no matter what other people are doing. It's not easy to do. It's a hard thing to do for your flesh. Your flesh has to be put under in order to do it. And so it's amazing to me. Number four, let me give you number four and then I'll give you number five and we'll pray. Number four, um, this is different than the faithfulness and then the consistency, but number four is the quality level. I'm going to say number four is excellence. Excellence. I want you to put that in as number four. Excellence is a takeaway. Nancy said, I have to try this Chick-fil-A when I visit the U.S. I've heard too much about it. it you, you'll, you'll be happy you did. Number four is excellence. One of the things that they are without question dedicated to is excellence in every area. I read a report that said every site, and I don't know that it's true because I've, I've never worked at one, but the report I read when I was talking about their excellence said every site is so um, dedicated to excellence and quality that they make their own pickles from scratch, which takes about three days, takes about three days. excellence. And so one of the things we take away from this is when we do anything, we do it as though, as though we're doing it as unto the Lord himself. Think about this as unto the Lord himself. You know, there's people say, well, I don't like my boss. And so I can't, you can't slack on your quality at work because you don't like your boss. You can't stop walking in excellence because you don't like the person you're dealing with. The excellence is as though you are doing it as unto the Lord. Listen to Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. That's Colossians 3, 23. As for the Lord and not for men knowing verse 24, that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so as Christians, we have to understand that I should be the most efficient person on my job. I should be the most excellent person on my job. I should, I should be the one that when the boss thinks of who should we set aside for promotion. They automatically think me. They automatically think you as the victory tribe. That's who the, that's who should get the promotion. That's who should get the raise. When they think to themselves, who is the person that we cannot afford to lose from the company? Your name is at the top 
of the list. That's exactly how it should be. Your name is at the top of the list. I can't lose that employee. Can't lose that person. Why? Because you're doing your work as unto the Lord. So think of it this way. It's like uh, you're treating it like the Lord himself is your boss. Like Jesus himself is going to inspect your work. That's how you work. As though Jesus himself is going to inspect your work. You walk in excellence with an excellent spirit, with excellent productivity, with excellent efficiency. Everything you do is as though you're doing it as unto the Lord. Listen to Proverbs 22 and verse 29. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before Kings. He will not stand before unknown men. You know what that proverb is teaching us? It's teaching us that the doors will open for the excellent, for the diligent. The doors will open for the excellent and for the diligent. That's why we work so hard as though we're working for the Lord himself. No question. Lance said, you can't feel like you're above it. If you clean houses and you know you're capable, trained or even ultimately called much more, you must become the best, most consistent housekeeping cleaner ever. I I agree. Because it's the Lord that brings the increase. Yeah, that's exactly right. AJ's bringing out a great point because that was the uh, story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because even though they were conquered and taken captive and the cream of the crop was brought to the capital, uh, they were still those ones who honored the Lord rose head and shoulders above the rest of the cream of the crop. Think about that as an example. The king brought the best of the best to the capital. He didn't bring all the men. He brought those that were the young men who were excelling, the cream of the crop, you could say that. But then even after the cream of the crop, let's call it the top 1%, was brought to the capital, after all of the training and the testing and all the things they did, God's children rose to the top of even the cream of the crop. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, I mean, I want you to think about the level of excellence that they walked in and and they they had such favor with the king uh, that even when they wouldn't bow to his statue, remember this, they'd been taken captive. This wasn't a godly king. He was trying to make them commit idolatry. And you think about the fact that even when he gave the threat initially, anybody that does not bow to my statue and worship it will be thrown into this fiery furnace. When when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow, they were so valuable to the king that his first thought was, oh, they must not have understood what I said. Bring them into my my, uh, chamber. Let me speak to them. Let me talk to them because I'm sure I know these guys. They're super efficient. They're super smart. They're on top of the top. They must not have just understood what I said. They actually had to defy him to his face and anger him for him to throw them into the fire. He didn't carry out his initial threat, if you notice. He didn't just say, all right, grab them. Grab them out of the fields and throw them into the fire. He said, no, let me me talk to them. It's like, I don't want to lose these guys. I know these guys. They're the best of the best. The cream of the crop. 
because of their excellence. They, they had an excellent spirit. They had an excellent spirit. And that's the key. We ought to reflect that every day in our lives. You know, one of the things that irritates me a lot is when people start a Christian business and then they think that because they're a Christian business, quote unquote, which, you know, I don't even know what that means. They're a Christian business, so they should get business from other Christians because they're a Christian business. And for some reason, Christians should just support a Christian business for the sake of supporting it which I disagree with because if I've got a guy that's not a Christian, that's got a business that's like yours, but does a much more excellent job than you do. I'm hiring him. I don't give a crap if he's a Christian or not. I don't care. He's more excellent than you are, which is sad. He should, you know, I'm not going to have you come in and do my yard just because you're Jehovah Jireh landscaping company. You know, I I don't care because you never show up for work. You never finish properly. You never do the job right. You've destroyed my flower bed, but I'm supposed to choose you because you're a Christian. Do the work right. Be excellent. Then see, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. What a, I mean, what a, a manipulation to just try to hire somebody and make them hire you based on your religion. I mean, that's just, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, I could think of so many funny Christian business names that I could mock today. I'm not going to do it, but be excellent. And then you know what? When people are so impressed with your excellence at your work, it's an open door to talk to them about Christ. I was like, man, this guy's the best. Yeah, Lily of the Valley Landscaping. This guy's the best of anybody I've ever had. And then you find out, oh, he's a Christian. Well, that makes sense. And then you have the opportunity, if you're the worker, of ministering. Do you know how much you'd set yourself apart? I want you to just think about uh, these different things. Think about these guys that do work like that whether it be a contractor, a subcontractor, a, a yard guy, or whatever, a painter. Imagine if all you did, if all you did, and anybody that's worked in this industry can throw a hand up in the comments. Imagine if all you did was show up on time. Um, imagine if all you did was never be drunk, never be high, never steal from the job site. You would be in the top 1% of contractors and subcontractors in the industry just because you answer your phone, show up on time, aren't drunk, aren't high or hung over. You'd be in the top 1%. They don't find you like living in a half-built house because your wife kicked you out because you're a deadbeat. You'd be in the top 1% just by walking in excellence. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Excellence is key. Excellence is key. It will cause you to be quickly promoted by the Lord. Do you know, look, look at this. Even the psalmist instructed us that we're not to just do, you know, it's like, 
I'll give you an example. What about when somebody in churches, a lot don't do this anymore. What about somebody that gets up to sing a special in the service? How many times have you heard, if you've been in church for any period of time, how many times have you heard, well, you know, you know, don't listen to my voice, listen to the words, you know, pastor asked me to sing this. I haven't had a chance to practice this week. Why haven't you? Why haven't you had a chance to practice this week? There's 168 hours in a week. What have you been doing that you can't practice your three minute song? That's how much you care about worshiping the Lord. That's how much you care about singing unto the Lord. You couldn't even practice your song, right? Listen to Psalm 33, three, sing a new song of praise to him. Listen, play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. If you were going to do something for the president of the United States, if you were going to do something for the king of a nation, let's say you played an instrument or you did a certain performance, are you going to just go in there cold and just throw it together and say, hope he likes this. I haven't practiced this in about three years. Or are you going to make sure that your presentation is excellent? If you were going to sing the star spangled banner at the world series, are you going to never practice it and be like, yeah, you know what? I'll just wing it when I get out there. No, you're going to have that thing down pat. And that's just the world series. And then you're going to give unto God the leftovers. That's a sad thing. We have to have excellence. It's true. Mike, Mike said there should be a gong in the back of the church. If you like the gong show, if it's not working, gong get you off the platform. Somebody should come out there with one of those shepherd staffs and just pull you off the platform. <laughs> I remember, I'll give you a funny story. I remember one time we had a Christmas banquet and, uh, we were, we were at, uh, at DCC there where I was the associate and there was a lady in the church. She was in my choir and she, uh, she had a special that she was going to sing for our Christmas banquet. We had a special speaker in, we were in a hotel, we had food and everything. <laughs> and so it was her turn to get up and do her special during the banquet. And she stands up and they start her track and, uh, it, it plays and she screws it all up. She misses the intro. She misses the words. She misses the lead in all of it. And so she stops. She's like, oh, I'm, pastor, let me do that one more time. <laughs> and my uncle, Pastor Terry, he took the mic. No, he said, nope, sorry, you had your opportunity and you messed it up. Go sit down. <laughs> and you know what? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Because good Lord, how much time does it take to practice your song and be excellent? Just be excellent. <laughs> He's like, it's for the Lord. So, I mean, like you wouldn't do that for a president, for the, for a king of a nation. Why are we like that with the Lord? I'll just wing it when I get there. Oh, I don't practice my instrument through the week. I just show up to church on Sunday and see if I can uh, hit the chords. The rest of the band's hitting. Why do we treat God like that? Excellence. Excellence is what God's looking for. Excellence. Lydia, I'm going to pray in just a moment for everybody that's watching. So stay on. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over your body as well, Lydia. Number five, let me give you this final one. The fifth valuable lesson that I learned from Chick-fil-A is, uh, I would just say it this way, covenant. Number five, covenant. It's a put God first mentality.
It's a put God first mentality. Closed on Sunday. Closed on Sunday. When they could be raking in cash. They could be raking in cash. I'd go there multiple times. I'd go there for lunch, breakfast, and dinner. Because they got those little uh, minis in the little bread for the breakfast. Oh, come on, somebody. And the chicken biscuit. I'd go there for lunch. I'd go there for dinner. I'd honor the Lord at his, getting his chicken <laughs> three times a day on Sunday. But they close it. Just, they could rake in cash, but they close it and they honor God on the Lord's day. They honor God on the Lord's day. And that's key. The Bible says in, in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. It's what's happening to Chick-fil-A, but here's what happens to Christians. If you will honor God above all, you know, why? I don't understand when people are like, you know, um, I don't understand, you know, why people are upset at me. You know, I have to work on Sundays because, you know, my boss makes me work. Tell him you're not coming. Well, I'll get fired. Find another job. Why are you missing church to work? Honor the Lord on the Lord's day. Sunday is the Lord's day. It's the day Jesus rose from the dead. We honor it. Why are people skipping work or skipping church to go work? Some people do it because they want the overtime because they serve money instead of serving God. I guarantee it. I've seen people. I know people that have done it. Put God first. Put the covenant first. Make that a principle in your life. God always comes first. He always comes first. My job's not first. It's not even my source. God's my source. You think that if you, you honestly think you're going to honor God, honor his house, honor his word, honor his covenant, and that he's not going to bless you with an even better job if your job fired you for that, which they're not even supposed to be able to do. Stand your ground for crying out loud. We live in a country, if you live in America, you're living in a nation that's full of freedoms. And one of the freedoms you have is the freedom of religion, and you're not supposed to be discriminated against. You're not supposed to be discriminated against because you're a Christian. Can you imagine? I mean, I want you to think about this. Can you imagine a corporation telling a Muslim that we're going to fire you if you don't show up for work on Friday night instead of going to mosque? Can you imagine a corporation trying to fire a Muslim for going to mosque instead of coming to work? Crazy. That's crazy. You'd never hear that on the news. Muslim fired for going to work or for not going to work to go to mosque. You'd never hear it. And then you got, it's because they stand up for it. And you got Christians that just lay down. Well, my boss said I had to. My boss said I had to do it. Even if you don't live in America, you should still push it and put God first. You know, none of these people in the scripture that stood up against the government lived in America. They all lived in their own respective nations, whether that was modern day Turkey, Egypt, Israel, whatever. And so you got to be that way. And you know what? If, if they give you a hard time, 
bring it up to the higher ups than, than they are. I'm being discriminated against for my religion. I can't even go to church. I can't even go worship on a Sunday. That's right. Sean said, we're, we turn the other cheek, but we're never called to be a doormat. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. And you should be, I mean, I can't even imagine. I can't fathom if a Christian in America comes to me and says, well, I can't come to church on Sunday because my boss, my boss said I got to work. Who is your boss? Is he God? Is your boss God? Mike said that, that attitude about put me in the grave, double time on Sunday, took me out of church, close to out of my life. My job doesn't even ask anymore. Good. Praise God. And that's how we should be. We put God first. He's first. You know, we've gone away from reverencing God. You know, when I was growing up and maybe this was overboard, you know, maybe this was overboard into legalism. But when I was growing up, I had friends that if they came over to my house after church to hang out or whatever, they weren't allowed to go outside and play hard, like play football or play baseball and sweat and do all that. Their parents told them they were like, if you go over there, you can't go out there and do all that, you know, honor the Lord. It's the Lord's day. It's a day of rest. They literally trained their kids that way. And I had friends that they'd come over and they couldn't, they couldn't do that. They couldn't go outside and play hard. It's the Lord's day. It's a day of rest. That's how they lived. Now, maybe that was overboard. Maybe that was legalism. But all I'm telling you is I wouldn't you rather err on the side of pleasing God and honoring God than to err on the side of displeasing God and disrespecting his covenant. Of course you would. Of course you would. But we've gotten away from reverencing God in this generation. People aren't even, in all honesty, ashamed for sin anymore. But see, this is the key. If we're going to be blessed, if we're going to walk in overflowing and overwhelming blessing, then we've got to honor God in the covenant. We've got to put him first. Got to put him first. Got to put him first. And these five things will help you. I mean, these are, these are practical takeaways that you can start with today, like today. And, uh, maybe, maybe you tuned in late, go back and watch the whole thing. Go back and watch it double time on, on YouTube. I know I talk fast, but try it anyway. But it's, it's absolutely true. You will excel. These are the reasons they're excelling. These are the, they're biblical principles. You will excel for the same reason. And I'm going to pray. I'm not just going to pray for healing at the end of this broadcast. I'm going to pray that your business, your job, your ministry, your purpose skyrockets in these last six months of the year. Skyrockets by far. Skyrockets. And that you'll be blown away to see what God does in just six months in your life. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are listening. I pray for those that are watching. Lord, let this be a six months to remember. July through December, I pray that as they seek your face, as they come after your presence, that you would open up the windows of heaven over their house, business, ministry, and family, and pour out blessing that they don't have room to contain. Overflowing blessing, overwhelming blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you that you will get all the glory for the radical increase that they will experience in the mighty name of Jesus. Let this be, let this be a year of breakthrough for your people in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. Let us come out of whatever bondage held us. Let us come out of debt. 
let us come out of problems, hindrances. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, in Jesus' name, let it be a breakthrough year. I pray for Chris, for his July 20th court case that's coming up. Give him favor with this case and with the proceedings. I pray for Lydia, this mass in her body. We curse it in the name of Jesus and command it to pass from her body, shrivel and die. We thank you that it's benign. It is not cancerous. It's leaving the body in Jesus' name. I pray for those watching and listening that need healing and miracles in their body. Lord, touch them supernaturally by your power, by your presence, make them whole and take all the glory for everything you do in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you and we give you glory, honor and praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Listen, if you're just logging on, today is my mom's birthday and I would really appreciate it if you'd bless my mom today. That's her cash app on the screen. My mother has worked her whole life so hard for the kingdom of God. She's worthy of double honor. And so if you think about it today for my beautiful mother, send her a gift, send her something, even if it's just buying her a cup of coffee through cash app, that's her cash app and her cash tag on the screen. Dollar sign, Bonnie Shuttlesworth, dollar sign, Bonnie Shuttlesworth. Bless her. I know she'll appreciate it. She and my father are in, uh, still in Raleigh, North Carolina, where we just finished that awesome tent meeting last week. And we're starting this coming Sunday in Roxborough, North Carolina for another tent meeting. And after that, Albemarle, North Carolina. And she has been so faithful to the gospel and to the ministry for close to 45 years in full-time ministry. And uh, she's worthy of, of blessing and honor. She's vibrant, beautiful, and anointed. And um, I posted a picture of my mom on Instagram today. And if you'd like to bless her, you can bless her with the cash app. Love you, mom. Two, hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. And um, Roxborough is going to be great. Portia, I guess you're coming to Roxborough. That's going to be awesome. Starts next Sunday. She is a special lady, Lynn Ann. She's a wonderful... You've got to spend time with her, you know. Uh, I understand that, Nancy. Um, also, let me say, tomorrow and Friday, Carolyn's back on her broadcast, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Carolyn will be back with you on the broadcast. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be great. And if you'd like to partner with this ministry, if you'd like to stand with us and sow a seed, into Miracle Word Ministries. You can always go to miracleword.com and partner with us. Click on the partner page. And then of course, if you'd like to sow a one-time offering, a one-time seed, you can always do that through PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, hashtag donate, Zelle. Um, there's multiple ways you can do it. But if you'd like to partner with us, go to the website, miracleword.com, click the partner page and join with us. Join an army of believers that are uh, not going to just coast through these final days of time. Join an army of believers, we call ourselves the Victory Tribe, that are going to get to work and see this generation changed by the power of God before it's too late. And that's what we're standing for and that's what we're believing for. And those that are standing at a partnership level of $85 or more a month, this month we're sending Dr. John G. Lake's book on healing uh, to you. Uh, if you'd like to receive it and you've sown $85 this month or you're partnering at that level or more, request it at miracleword.com forward slash offer. 
This is great. I love Dr. Lake. I loved reading everything he's written. I own everything he's written. And a powerful man that saw over 100,000 documented miracles in 10 years in Spokane, Washington, in his healing rooms. They declared it the healthiest city in America. And um, they actually sent somebody from Washington, D.C. The Better Business Bureau investigated him because they didn't think it could be true. And then they had to print an apology in the newspaper and say that half of the miracle stories have not been told. And um, his life was amazing. Absolutely amazing. You'll read about it in the book and it'll be a blessing to you. Um, For those of you that are sewing largely at $5,000 or more, we've got something called the Elite Study Pack to say thank you. Five of the best study materials, custom box, everything's put, put together and curated just for you. It's our way of saying thank you for standing with us by faith at a large level. We love you so much. Appreciate all of our partners and all of the people that are standing with this ministry. Carolyn and I really, really appreciate and love you. If you've not um, yet subscribed uh, to our channel on YouTube uh, or the podcast, I would encourage you to do both of those and turn on the notification bell so you know when we go live. Those on Facebook, check your notifications in case they've been turned off. That's happening to people. Uh, And then subscribe to our podcast. It's on all major podcast platforms. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, um, all of them. They're all, it's just search my name and you can check it out and be a part of it. I love you so much. Thanks for hanging with me again today. I'll see you again in the morning. Carolyn, I'll see you in the afternoon. Be blessed. I'll see you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.